You're listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. Hi parents, it's Robin McMahon here. Just before you dive into this episode, I wanna invite you to join my new membership site for free. My site, which is at www.parent-toolbox.com, is the companion to my award-winning podcast where you will find game-changing tools and resources from me and from my expert guests who are among the top leaders in the parenting world. Join for free today at www.parent-toolbox.com. Now back to the show. Hi, everybody. It's Robin McMahon here. Welcome back to Parenting Our Future. Okay, we've got some serious stuff to talk about today. Really serious. But I think you're going to really get some clarity for your own life with my guest, Bridget Richards. She's so cool, you guys. Just wait until you hear us talk about standards and boundaries. But let me tell you a little bit about her first. First of all, she is a certified women's empowerment coach. Hello, that's amazing. She is also a psychotherapist, licensed social worker, and she has 20 years experience in the field of mental health. She's passionate about about helping women uh, women conquer their feelings of anxiety and depression caused by burnout. I'm sure so many people can relate to that. Her clients benefit by moving from being too frustrated and overwhelmed to enjoy life and becoming focused, empowered, and re-energized. Bridget enjoys bringing her message of self-love to women across the country through speaking engagements, educational seminars, and coaching her clients. So, Bridget, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Well, thank you. I am excited to be here. All right. So we are talking about standards and boundaries. So we really had this conversation a couple of months ago where we we started talking about boundaries and you said, yeah, but you got to have standards first. And I thought, huh, you know what? I've got to be honest. I've never really heard that before. We just focus on boundaries. So can you sort of tell me what you mean by that? What is a stand like what is the difference between a standard and a boundary? Oh, absolutely. Um, the standards are the rules that you set for yourself. They are your values, they are your core beliefs. Um, and those dictate how you present yourself um, both inside, you know, how you treat yourself and how you present yourself to others. Whereas a boundary is the rules that you have for your relationships with other people. Mm. And they usually start with, I will not. <laughs> so a boundary is more of a stop behavior and a standard is more or less a start behavior. Okay. So a good example would be a standard is, um, I make sure to dress professionally for the office. Okay, I'm not going to show up to the office in sweats. I know people who have done that. It's a good standard to dress professionally for the office. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a boundary might be if you're not dressed professionally for the office, I'm not meeting with you. So okay. they're a little bit different. Um, but the beautiful part about standards are you don't have to set as many boundaries if you know what your standards are. Because over time, people will learn those because you model them each and every day. And because they're yours, you have control over them. So you're consistent with them each and every day. And they'll be like, oh, man, it's casual Friday. I'm not even trying because I know if I'm not dressed professionally, she's not going to meet with me. And maybe because you've set that boundary, 
once or twice with somebody else and everybody knows then. Um, or it just may be that they're like, you know, she is always dressed to the nines and I'm not even comfortable, you know, having a meeting with her unless I kick up my game, you know. Right. Um, so standards are beautiful because sometimes they don't even need words. Mm -hmm. They're just reflective of your actions, your behaviors and how you carry yourself. Right. Okay. Okay. I like that. So standards is about me. Like my standard is this and my boundary is about you, basically. Basically. Yep. Wow. Okay. And when you have a high standard, like, yeah, I mean, of course you, you know, I think, I, I think about, you know, oh gosh, that person has such high standards. You know, you better not do this or you better not do that. Right. And so right. I see what you mean by that. It's sort of, it's subliminally communicated, maybe actually communicated as well too, but yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And hmm. standards are so much more powerful than boundaries because oh, okay, tell me more. Okay. Um, when you have boundaries, you're trying to control somebody else's behavior, which you can ask people and most people in a respectful relationship, you know, um, you know, please don't call after nine. All right. We'll not call after nine. Um, but then there are those people who for, you know, much as much as we love them are flighty as heck. <laughs> what? Yes. And um, they'll call it 930 and they call it 930. Why? Because their kids go down at 845. They always think it's going to take 10 minutes. They always think they're going to catch you right before nine and they never do. Okay. Um, and it doesn't matter how many times you're like, I have told this person until I'm blue in the face, don't call after nine. Um, but we, we can't do anything about that. Right. And so we have a couple of different choices we can make. We okay. can either choose to have a consequence we could tell them off. <laughs> we could, um, you know, block their number. We could do a number of things, but there is going to be repercussions. And we don't like consequences. Nobody likes giving them. Nobody likes receiving them. It all feels awkward. So people back off from that, right? And then they feel like they're being walked all over. Well, the other one is my standard can be, I don't answer the phone after nine. Now the ball's in my court. It doesn't matter who calls. I've got caller ID. Mm -hmm. Maybe I even turn the phone off. But now that I'm not answering the phone after nine and my friends know, well, we're going to call her, but she, we're going to have to leave a message because she's not getting that until eight o'clock the next morning. Now the ball's in my court. I don't feel walked all over because I'm handling it for me mm -hmm. um, and not trying to convince somebody else to live by my rules. And they're going to get the message pretty darn quickly that like, oh, she never answers if it's after nine. Exactly. Right. You, didn't, you didn't even have to say anything. It wasn't even a conflict. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And I can see where that boundary trying to control somebody else is just going to lead to more frustration and maybe the, the, the ruining of a friendship and that sort of thing. I, and I you think, wonder, how did that happen? That was so silly. But it wasn't because it was your standard you were trying to um, get across. And that was important to you because you need your downtime. That's your family time. Maybe it's the time that you put your kids to bed. So it feels silly after the fact, but not during it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it's so much easier just to be like, no, this is what I'm going to do and what everybody, you know, and you do you. I think that takes some courage and some uh, confidence to do that, right? Absolutely. As a as a people pleaser myself, which I, I don't really love to say that I am, but I am, you know, for sure, for lots of different reasons. Um, you know, that might be hard for me to do. 
right? I'm, and then I might tell myself a story about it. Oh, well, then they're not going to like me. What if they're not going to be my friend? And is it going to be awkward on the, um, the play date that we have planned for this weekend because I haven't answered their phone call? <laughs> it could be. It could be. And you're right. It does take courage and confidence. Um, I will tell you, as a cognitive behavioral therapist, I love behavioral experiments. Okay. And that is an excellent behavioral experiment. If I don't answer the phone after nine and I get the message and I call back the next morning and say, hi, I got your message. Sorry, I was putting the kids to bed. Give me a call over lunch. Will this person call back or will our friendship be dusted? Right, right. And then you'll know because we do tell ourselves these stories, right? Um, in the moment um, and particularly at nine o'clock at night, I am exhausted. So I'll tell myself all sorts of crazy stories because the brain's yeah. running <laughs> and things aren't making a whole lot of sense and that's fine. Um, but until we actually follow through with the behavior, we don't know what's really going to happen. And I think this is also a wonderful thing because our, our real, our friends that we've had for 20 years know us well, they know our habits. And if we were to say that, they'd be like, oh, I totally knew about that about you, but I didn't think you were going to answer. So I was just calling to leave a message. <laughs> no, yeah. I was not at all, you know, phased, but if it's somebody new to us and they're the type of person who's going to get upset because you weren't there right when they wanted to call maybe that's a red flag for you that that's not yeah. exactly the right relationship. Right. you got to question that whole thing, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's just you being you. And if somebody's upset about that, mm. you know, let's, let's really evaluate where we are here. <laughs> okay. So what if you have, so if somebody's listening right now and they're like, okay, uh, and I, I feel like I want to talk about a friendship first, and then we'll talk about our kids. Okay. Um, but let's say they have a friendship where things have kind of gone a little bit sideways. They haven't put, they don't understand the concept of standards yet until this right. very moment, um, <laughs> and don't know how to do boundaries, and maybe are not confrontational, right? Just right. really don't like that. Um so we're, we're in the midst of a friendship. Yes, we love the friendship. We, you know, but this person crosses boundaries, basically, that we may, may or may not have uh, communicated to them. How do we sort of take it, take it back and take back our, I don't know if you want to say power or take back, I don't know, what would you say? How do you say that? Oh, it is absolutely your own personal power. Um, okay. And I think one of the things, the reason that I went into women empowerment coaching and got a certificate there is I really value women taking back their personal power. I think we give it away in order to please others. Yeah. We have this nurturing way about us for the most part, um, especially women with children, uh, which you know is your audience. And so we don't know when to stop nurturing and start taking care of ourselves. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And then we are very judgmental of taking care of ourselves, but that's another episode on another day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm happy back for that one. And yeah. um, no, so getting back into that can feel very awkward and it can feel more confrontational than it really is. Okay. Which enters back the behavioral experiment. Um, I always say start small, right? Because the smaller it is, the less threatening it is. Okay. So if it's simply, um, I don't know, uh, bringing enough food for everybody and you just want to bring enough food to the play date for your kids. And now this is ex ex um, expected practice that you just provide the food for all the play dates. And you're like, I'm going broke. <laughs> That's yeah. way too much cooking. I don't want to make that many sandwiches. I'm over it. Um, right. You can do many different things to restructure it without even being confrontational. Uh, you can have a morning play date. Uh, 
with the expectation of saying, you know what, I have uh, something, anything, you know, but I have to leave by noon. Um, so this time lunch will be on your own. So you've, you've, you've given your time, right? But you're just not even going to meet during lunch. So that becomes a non-issue. Okay. Um, for that period of time. So you get a break from that behavior. Okay. Until you can figure out how to rework it. Um, you can set the expectation ahead of time. I always say, and this is with your kids, with your friends, with your in-laws, everybody, set the expectation ahead of time so people don't feel blindsided. And that can be something as simple as, I know you love my sandwiches, but um, I'm trying to be more mindful and planful about my groceries. And so I would be helpful if you were to bring lunches or you bring the sandwiches and I'll bring the um, brownies or something along those lines. But you're setting that up ahead of time. Okay. Um, the danger is you could get some pushback. Right. That's I, That was my question. Yeah. Like, okay, so then what do you do if she's like, no, no, no no, you just bring everything. And then, I, then, but then that's the conversation of like, are you my person? Right? Right. It is. Um, I will give you one thing. I know we're talking standards and boundaries, but I'll give you a tip. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Communication uh, skills. There's two things you can keep in there. One is uh, the Oreo. You got two layers and you got the stuff in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. So you give them a compliment. I love meeting with you, um, but I want to do lunches separate. Um, because this is going to help my diet or, you know, whatever, my grocery bill, whatever it is. I mean, something legit, but not too many words, okay? You're coming up with one sentence because the more you talk and the more you explain, the more yeah. things people can push back on and then end it with a compliment. And I know that you're going to understand because you're such a good friend. But you're leaving that last thought. The last thought is not, I don't want to make lunches. The last thought is, I know you're going to understand because you're such a good friend. And it's a compliment. So you mm. if, Two-thirds positive, one-third negative, right? Mm -hmm. And that negative sandwiched in the middle so that people don't have their barriers go up. Because we all very naturally, when we think a conflict's coming, go, and the barriers come up, and we're ready for a fight. Mm. And that de-escalates it automatically because you're ending with something positive. Mm -hmm. The other one I call the daisy. Okay. okay. And the daisy is your point. And your point is you're not making lunches for all the kids. You're making lunches for your kids, or you're making lunches for your kids when they're at your house, but not when you're at her house or in the park or I don't know, whatever. Um, and she says, no, but your food tastes go so good. The kids don't like my sandwiches as well as yours. And you're like, oh, you're so sweet, but this is a decision that I've made. I want to stick to it. Oh, come on now. You're just being bullheaded. You know what? I may be bullheaded, but this is still happening. <laughs> coming, it goes away and you keep coming back to the point and it goes away and you keep coming back to the point. You can see where I'm drawing a daisy here, right? Right. Yeah. Um, for, for those of you who, yeah, who yeah. are watching on YouTube, you can see it, but if you're not, then yeah, she's drawing a daisy. That's the, so the center is the point, right? Sure. And you're going away from it and then back into the point. Yes. I love it. I love because it. Where we lose people. And this is when we set standards, boundaries everywhere is that we start with the point of, I, uh, I, I want to make lunches, but I want to make lunches just for my kids. Or I'd like to share the duties with you, but really I, you know, I would love if you could bring brownies, whatever it is juice boxes. And they say, oh, but yours are so good. My kids love it. Well, I know my kids like it too, but this isn't, well, you know what? You should go to chef school. And before you know it, the topic changes about seven or eight times and you can't remember what your point was. Yeah. yeah, yeah and that's yeah. where we feel lost and we feel stepped on and invalidated and all these other feelings. Yeah. Whereas you use something like the daisy. Somebody may even be like, you know, I'm really frustrated with you right now. And you're like, I understand. And you're allowed to be, cause this is new. 
but it's still happening. And then you may have to give them some space. And I think that's one more thing. Um, uh, okay. Too far off topic myself, but that's okay to be, it's okay to have icky feelings. Well, right, right. And, and what I wrote down, uh, you know, as you were talking is, look, that other person may have some feelings, but not to take that personally, right? They're sort of processing it themselves. And there may be some not nice things that they say, right? Yes. And so you sort of have to rise above it and recognize like a not take the bait, right? I always, I always picture when I talk to, when I talk to the, the, the parents that I coach, I'm like, look, just pretend you're Neo in the matrix and those bullets are just flying by and none of them hit you, right? Because I've got this, I've got this. Yeah, I know that's just your pain. That's just the noise, right? right. But, but if you don't attach to it, if you don't take the bait, you will get to the real reason why what's underneath would you agree to that oh i agree to i love the neo example i'm so borrowing that by the way oh good yay <laughs> you said neo i thought you were going for nemo oh you're talking about the bait <laughs> no the matrix <laughs> oh, love okay. it love it let me borrow that, that is confusing that. i see how that was confusing but you know <laughs> neo from the matrix and the yeah. slow-mo bullets like just don't let them hit you don't take the bait right know that that's just their pain and once they let it all out, once the crap flies out of their mouth, you get to the truth. Without a doubt. And it could just be that they just don't like change and they come and they go, look, I brought my lunches. You can be like, thank you. And you'd be like, sorry, I was being so persnickety about it. And yeah. it can be over. As long as, as you point out, you don't attach to it and turn it into a thing. Right. Because you're trying right. to make somebody feel better. About so, something they, you don't need to make them feel better about because it's your standard. Right. So I think really what you're saying too, is you need to sort of get your mind around this, right? Like, look, yes. I, I have suffered enough making these lunches. I am frustrated and I need to make a change. So I've got to get this right in my own head. What is my standard? Yes. What will I accept and what won't I accept? Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say okay, fine. I'll just do it this one last time. Like, no, I really want this because it's too much for me. Right. It mm -hmm. is causing me pain. And so it's okay for me to look out for myself and my family first. And Without a doubt. Yeah. Right. And so this is a battle I want to pick if you will, yes, right. Yes. To get my own power back, my sanity back. And if, and really this is where the strength comes in and the confidence comes in and you have to be willing to let that person go if they just can't deal accept it and you're good and i think to your point with the the strength the courage the confidence this is a confidence builder because the more you do it and the yeah. this first few times it feels canned and awkward it just does and that's okay because you're practicing yeah. but the first few times that you you know set a standard and you communicate it and or you model it for other people and you're able to stick to it despite the fact that they don't agree with you you come away and you realize I was able to do that. Maybe it felt awkward or maybe I felt empowered, but I was mm -hmm. able to do that. Let me try it with this here and this here. And you start building this sense of confidence. And once you build that sense of confidence, you're going to feel your relationships shift. Mm -hmm. And some people are going to love it about you and be like, you're like a new you. You're on fire. I can't believe it. And other people are like, why are you being such a pain in the butt? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But they, your friends value you for different reasons. Um, it's both what they bring to the table and what you bring to the table. 
Mm -hmm. And so that shift is going to show you what those relationships were really based on. Maybe it was based on you caring for them and you being their caretaker and you don't want to do that anymore. Or maybe it was based on more mutuality and they're very excited for this change in you. Um, but that's just a really a reflection of where you were mm -hmm. and now where you have gotten to. So you can be excited to kind of see how that's going to impact the world around you. Mm. So, you know, growing up for me, I was never taught how to do that, right? Like never really taught how to communicate with that. Our way of dealing with things, and, and I'll be honest, sometimes this is my way now, um, is to avoid the situation. For me, I would say, oh no, I can't make it for the next, the next eight months. <laughs> uh, I would like find a way maybe, and, and, I, and I do this only because I don't like confrontation. So, you know, judge me if you want, but it might be like, okay, I got to find a way to get out of this because I hate it so much. I don't want to confront this person. So I am going to find a way to just be busy every time she asks me to do something. So what is the problem with that? Because I know that's not good. <laughs> well, once in a while, it's totally okay. There are just some times where you just don't want to choose that battle. And if it's a one-off, you right. know, it may just be fine to be like, you know what, I'm just not even dealing with this because it's a one-off and it's not worth the mental time and energy. Where it becomes a problem is where it's an ongoing thing that is going to take a lot of mental energy to continue to be creative in order to get out of it. That is a strain on you. Okay. And that puts it always in your subconscious. And so now every time you hear this person's name, every time you see them call, every time somebody says they saw them, you're ready to duck and cover. That's right. A horrible way to live. Like fight or um, flight. <laughs> right. And then on top of that, the other person is full well aware they're being avoided. Full mm. well aware. So you are causing the problem you want to avoid because at some point you guys are going to be in front of each other and it's going to be awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So you have a choice there, um, realistically, of do I want it to be awkward now about something small, oh, which good may point. or may not be a confrontation, but I feel like it's going to be, but it might not. Yeah. Or do you want it to be really awkward when we're both showing up to the PTA meeting during Christmas and she pulls me aside and tells me what she thinks of me ditching her? Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because I've totally like um, ghosted, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. That is a really good point. So choose your uncomfortable either way. You've got to deal with it, right? Yes. You're here now. You got to deal with it. How are you going to deal with it? And if you lose the friendship, well, if you ghosted them, you were losing the friendship anyway. So, I mean, at yeah, that no point, what is the risk? Right. Right. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in my family, when something went sideways, we just stopped talking to each other. Right. Like okay. I, that wasn't what I wanted. That wasn't what I wanted, but that is the way it, that is just what happened. That's just what my parents did. Right. And, right. Uh, and so I learned by, uh, you know, learned by their modeling for sure. Right. And I'm evolving. I'm trying to get better at that and communicate more and, and that sort of thing. But, but inevitably, you know, look, the way I look at it is that that friendship is, is, um, is my opportunity to grow as a human too. You know, out of doubt. Yeah. Even yeah. if the friend doesn't want to stick around. Right. Because you have practiced this new skill. And maybe that was their purpose in your life to begin with was to teach you just that thing. And now they're gone and that's okay too. Right. That's deep. I like that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a little deep. And you're right. 
right. It is a little deep. I like to go deep. Um, okay. So let's transition now to our kids because um, I think having standards is important. Yes. Boundaries are extremely important. And, you know, the way I sort of say it is our kids need a strong scaffolding of support around them where they can be free to explore the world around them. But there are those, you know, sides for them to push up against. Right. And we are mm-hmm. there to, to, to bring them back sort of to 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 safety and center and that sort of thing. And I also know that because our kids until their mid to late 20s, you know, don't have a fully grown brain, that we also need, our boundaries are not set, shouldn't be so rigid, because then that's more of a rule than a boundary. Oh, right? rigid, rigid is bad. All, all bad. Yeah. So I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Rigidity is totally not not something that you need. So, you know, one of the things that that I like to say, and and I want to ask you what you think about this. Um, so, a boundary that I would set for for my child, right? Uh, especially when my kids were little, is look, you know what? I don't like crossing the street, you know, because you guys, I don't know if you're gonna run, if you're gonna, you know, stop in the middle, tie your shoe or whatever. It's dangerous. So when we cross the street, I want you to hold my hand. That is the boundary because I value, that's the standard, I value safety, right? So I, I've never really used the word standard, but I always use values, right? I think that your boundaries need to be attached to your values, right? Because values are, you know, when you can get everybody agreeing on the same value, then they understand why there's a boundary, right? In, in the family unit. So the boundary is we stay connected as we cross the street. But there's freedom within that framework. You can hold my hand if you want to. You can hold my pinky finger if you want to. You can hold the side of my pants. Or I could just put my hand on your shoulder as you and I walk across the street together. That is how I see a boundary in parenting with many, you know, many different iterations of that. So how do you, what is your take on that? Well, I would say with... With that, I, I, wherever you were using the word value, I think we can also use the word standard, right? Yeah, I, I so the agree. standard is safety first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say that boundaries um, lead to consequences, right? Um, because if you violate that boundary, there will be a consequence. You know, if you don't hold my hand, then you're going to be in timeout for 10 minutes or whatever that rule is going to be, right? Whereas standards are going to be your earned privileges, okay? So the family standard is um, safety first, and we make sure that every time we, uh, when we're out today, we are going to hold mom's hand or pinky finger or whatever, and we're going to stay within, you know, eyesight distance. And I can't think of my, my kids are now uh, tweens, so I can't come up with all the ones. Yeah. That. Yeah. Minor <laughs> teens. Yeah. I get you. I get you though. Yeah. Um, but we do all that. And if we're learning this behavior, right, then what happens? Well, then, you know, at the end of the day, um, you can choose popsicles or um, icy pops or whatever, you know, the thing is, because you earned it by modeling our standards, because at that point, they're still learning them, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. You're modeling those standards because you're the one who insists on it each and every time, and you're the one who is doing it mm-hmm. um, each and every time. They are learning those standards from you. Mm-hmm. So I think another good one along the lines of safety is if you're wearing your safety belt all the time and you 
the rule is, or the standard is, the car doesn't go if everybody's not wearing their safety belt and they see you put it on and you've told them a hundred times, right? And the car isn't going, they're gonna figure it out because you're both modeling the behavior and setting the standard. <laughs> so I, I, I think a lot of parents get frustrated when the children won't listen. Um, but I think that happens when we have start behaviors and stop behaviors and they get mixed up, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So we're trying to stop them from doing something or, you know, we're giving them consequences to get them to start something and things get mixed up because we're so frustrated and overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, and it happens to everybody. But if we keep in mind, okay, standards are reflections of our values, their start behaviors. How am I modeling this for my kids? Mm -hmm. And then how am I going to reinforce this with this is what we're doing, this is why, this is why the value exists. And then on top of it, because we're teaching, having that earned privilege around it, um, it helps to reinforce it and get them to buy into what your standards are, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, and I think, so, you know, one of the things that you said uh, is, you know, you would get a timeout. So I don't look at it that way. I wouldn't give the child a timeout. I would say, okay, hang on. We've got to practice this maybe, right? Like we, um, you know, it looks like you don't, you know, it looks like maybe you don't really understand what I mean when we cross the street. And so what I would do, I wouldn't, I wouldn't punish them um, first because I don't believe that that works anyway. Yeah. But what I would do is I would say, okay, hey, like, let's practice. Let's practice crossing the street. Maybe we play it out. Uh, with our toys later on. Maybe we draw it out together. I think we can really learn through play. And the reason why I like a boundary is because the boundary is a win-win versus a rule that is set in stone, has zero flexibility, and it's a win-lose. And right. it is usually enforced by, if you don't do this, I'll do this to you right? Or I'll take this away from you. So, um, so in parenting, you know, when it's a boundary, it's really teaching, you know, it's teaching. And if they don't get it, okay, that's feedback for me as, as mom to say, okay, my kid either doesn't understand, I didn't explain it well, or they just need to learn the lesson again. And I always say, you know, what does it take like eight times for us to see one commercial to actually get what it's saying? And right. so why do we think our kids can learn immediately right off the bat? So it's just feedback for us. It's not about getting mad at them. It's about saying, okay, whoa, that wasn't safe. And we can say that in our voice. We can say that in our face, you know, right. like, whoa, that wasn't safe. You're lucky there wasn't a car there right now. We need to practice this because that needs to be, you know, we really need to work on this to keep you safe. Right. So that, I mean, that, yeah, yeah. So um, go ahead. I was going to say, let me attach that um, to the idea though of modeling behavior um, and modeling the standards and um, as you were telling me that, one of the things that I was thinking of is, okay, well, how would we model that? Well, we're always holding their hands um, and we're looking both ways. So therefore they look both ways because they see us. But what would be something that would be a little bit more muddled? Yeah, okay, and, yeah. Um, I thought of, again, because sometimes we have a do what we say, not what we do type of thing because we're <laughs> really? adults. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it happens. So like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and my tweens will call me out on it regularly. Um, <laughs> so if you didn't think, you know, um, you know, why is this happening? And you said, what you said was feedback. And this is feedback for, is there something that I am doing that does not fit within the standard? Mm. If I can't get my mm. child to do it, is there something that I am doing that doesn't fit into the standard that I am trying to project? 
that obviously is important to me because maybe I have been giving consequences or something, you know, and that hasn't been working because again, we want to enlist the, the buy-in, not punish somebody for not thinking the way we do. Um, and so eating after meals is a great one, mm, mm -hmm. right? Because we may teach our children, we want them to be healthy. So we're going to give them three meals and we're invested in it and um, two snacks. And then we're like, well, we don't want you to eat afterward. But then every time they come downstairs in the morning, they're seeing chip bags in the trash. Right. You know, they are getting that message that this is for me, not for them. And this is a standard for me, not for them. So why should I do that? Because if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. Mm. And so yes, I yeah. think there is some self-reflection. Um, our children will be very, very good reflections of us, no matter what it is, good or bad. They're truth tellers. <laughs> they like to point it out and it's, and it's good for them. They should, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But whether they point it out with their words or with their actions, you know, you can say, you know what? It's a good thing. That is something I need to look, work, work on and we're going to work on it together. Mm. And like so maybe that. you don't, eat the chips at night and then they realize, hey, this was, mom did it, I better do it. And this is not to say that adults don't, shouldn't have more privileges than their kids. We've, we've earned a lot ourselves, right. um, but does it fit within the standard that you want your child to live in? Right, and if you're making a big deal out of that standard, that value, then why is it not good enough for you? I think that's the question you asked too, like what, yeah. Why Absolutely. It, right, yeah, mm -hmm. that's not fair. Right. That's definitely not fair. Uh, so, yeah, no, I like that. That's that's really good. I like the let's work on it together. I think that's really, really good. Yeah. So you have this really great tool for us in the toolbox and you, yes, you really. Excited. Yes. So you describe what a standard is, what a boundary is, but you go even further and you say this is what it sounds like. So you say a standard is I will eat healthfully a boundary is um well they're not they're not necessarily connected but you know um so I, so a standard is i will and a boundary is do not right so i will eat healthy but i do not go through but you can't go through my personal belongings or you can't criticize me or make comments about my weight right I will treat others with kindness is a standard. I will be true to myself in all situations. Um, so those are really, really great. Um, is there more language around this that you can maybe help us with um, even more than what you've already shared? Is there any? Um, let's see. Well, one of the things that I do, um, and it's on that third page, is that uh, you go through the exercise of there is a list of um, possible standards, okay? And some of them are pretty similar. But you can go through there and you can kind of see what resonates with you, um, what really, you know, you can almost feel in your chest. You're like, yep, that's me, that's me, that's me. Mm -hmm. um, and distill it down into, say, your top seven, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, because and you probably have gone over this, especially with kids. If you have too many rules, they can't follow them because it gets too convoluted. Well, the mm -hmm. same goes with family standards. Um, all of them sound great because you want to be positive and engaged um, with your family. So you want to be you know, focused on education and possibly spirituality and family and um, you know, whatever. They all sound good, but you can't do all of them at once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So 
distilling them down even to the three top ones, these are our top three, um, can be very helpful because those, those are the ones that will inform everything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if it's going to be around being healthy, because you guys do a lot of bike riding and outside activities, and that's just your thing. And then another run around maybe the environment. And so you guys recycle and you do this, you do that. But these are things that you work into your everyday life. Um, so I think what I'm trying to say is look at where your standards already are mm. and what you're doing day to day that means something to you. And it's mm -hmm. okay. Somebody else's standards are different. They're not better than yours. Again, we can't have all of them all the time. Um, but then build those up, right? Make yeah. those the family standards and then really get into them. Okay. Um, because you'll feel good about it and it'll be easy. Right. And right. if you need to add one more, because you're like, this is where my family is really struggling. It'll be so much easier to add in one more when you have something else that's actually working mm -hmm. um, than to be like, you know what? I'm checking it all and we're revamping from the top. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really like what you're saying because first and foremost, you you are you are choosing your standards and your values because they're what are what is important to you, not what you think should be important, not what other people have as important, right? Like, let's just be clear, like, this is for you, not what your family had, you know, and, and of course, this is, uh, I, I want to say this for family values, right? Like, yes. And, and I did this work and I do this work with my clients, right? And this is really important because when you, when you acknowledge and sort of put pen to paper and say, these are my values. And yes, you can distill them down. These are our family values. Um, you also are, are sort of saying, okay, this is what we value because we're not really getting this yet also, right? And yes. so, um, so they can also change and grow and morph as your kids get older, right? Just like with the phone call at nine o'clock, that's going to change when your kids are teenagers. Like, call me at nine. I got nothing else to do. Please call me at nine, right? <laughs> at this point in my life, I just don't want that phone yes. call at that time, right? So, yes. you know, look, what, what, I'll tell you what some of our values are in our in our home. Um, cleanliness is one of them, right? We mm -hmm. and and so so to extrapolate from that, you know, we keep our bodies clean, we keep our home clean, and we that means we keep our rooms clean, right? So the, the sort of action items are, you know, regular showers, you know, please keep your room clean, hang up your towels and uh, make your bed sometimes. <laughs> like I, I, I've given up on making, I'll make my own bed because it's important to me. It doesn't matter to me with my kids. It really doesn't. Um, then there is open-mindedness. That is because oftentimes when we go to do something together as a family, you know, our kids are especially when they were younger, they didn't know what that really was going to look like, right? Like you can't say I'm going zip lining and them to immediately have that idea in their head of what that actually looks like. So there may be some resistance, there may be some fear, right? And so open-mindedness for us says, you're just going to be open to what we say we're going to do together and if you have questions, we'll, we'll answer your questions. We'll, we'll show you, you know, on the computer, what it's going to look like. We'll draw it out for you or whatever. Right. But we just ask that you have an open mind. If you want to complain, okay, we'll hear you, but that doesn't mean we're going to change it. Right. right. Um, and then when we were originally doing our family values, education wasn't one of them. Our kids were young enough and in elementary school and it wasn't really a big deal. Now it's more of a big deal because both as of 
just this week are in uh in high school my youngest just graduated elementary school is in high school i know two high schoolers and um and so education really is a priority like you have to do the work before you get the play right and for them that means video games and ipads and all that stuff right so um and and i also recognize for my own self that i get really squirrely when i don't feel safe I know, uh, like where I live is in Vancouver and all of my life, uh, they have told us the big one is coming in terms of an earthquake. So that's scary as all get out. We would do earthquake drills. You know, they do that now, right? And no big one has come and I'm gonna knock wood and cross fingers and do all the things just to make sure, (laughs) you know, it doesn't happen. But, um, you know, it's it's scary. And, And so I've thought this through in my own mind, right? Like for me, the I am the most at ease, even, even during this pandemic. I was probably happier than ever because everybody was at home with me. The people I love the most were here. And so I could just, you know, walk into the other, another room and get a hug and give a kiss and, you know, all that stuff. Right? My husband's home. I love that. My kids are home. I love that. Right. So anyway, I just want to sort of explain how it looks in, you know, in a family. And I also think too, that like, we've got to have some input from our kids. Right. And, uh, and what, what I, I ask uh, the parents that I work with to do is to do one at a time, just one at a time. You introduce the value, you explain the value, and then you spend that next week or two pointing out the value, demonstrating the value, right? So if it is cleanliness, you know, or if it is kindness, let's just say it's kindness. Kindness is sort of easy, right? Yeah, right. And of course, that's one of ours too. But kindness is me paying for somebody's uh, order behind me in drive through maybe kindness is me holding the door for somebody else kindness is me seeing somebody struggling with a stroller and say hey can i help you um and kindness is me bringing my son a sandwich when i know he's hungry and he didn't ask for one yet you know and so then we get the buy-in from our kids and then we say okay so our boundary is that we are that you know our value is that we're kind and the boundary is you treat your brother with respect, you know, or you treat your brother kindly, or you make sure that um, you, you stand up against other people being unkind to another person or whatever it is. Right. So that's sort of how we do it. And then we add in another one as we go slowly, but surely. Now I will add. Okay. That also, I know many people with blended families. Okay. Or divorced parents. And it is absolutely okay to have two different households with two different sets of standards. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that you you added that in. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if your ex's standards are not the same as yours, it's okay. And you can point out, you know what? That is their household. They know what they value. And that is different than in this household. That's probably one of the reasons, you know, it didn't work out. And that's okay. But mm. when you're here, this is the expectation. And if you're there and it's a little bit different, as long as you know safety and all the other wonderful things are in place, this is how it's gonna, this is how it's gonna be. Yeah. And um, that way you're also demonstrating respect for the other spouse, so forth and so on. Um, but standing your ground and again, you know, setting the standard and being okay with a little resistance. Yeah. And kids are adaptable. If they know, they know. And if you've explained it, unspoken standards are not good. Those are dangerous because you don't know, you don't know whether you're coming or going. And then that results in behavior that you don't like and you want to change. Right. So, um, so communication of this is, is vitally important. 
too. Without a doubt. Just recognizing it and that way nobody has to be the bad guy. Yeah, well, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for um, for really breaking this down in such a relatable way and um, and for the tool uh, that you've given us here that just explains, you know, exactly what what a standard is, what a boundary is, and then how to take this even further and identify your own standards. And um, these are yours. You don't have to explain them to other people you, you, why you have them. You don't, ha- again, you know, these are for you. It makes you happy. Um, and do it. Do it so that you can, you can enjoy more of life, right? Any last Please. words from you? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you feel good and you're happy with it, your family will feel good and they will be happier. And that's just, that's, that's the direction we want to go always. So yes. That is great. Thank you so much, Bridget. We um, have all of your details in the show notes. So, um, you know, for people to reach out to you, it's BridgetRichard.com. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. And, um, and, and this will be in the toolbox. Of course, it's parent-toolbox.com. It's totally free to join and to get this and you get new, new tools every single week with every podcast that I do. And, uh, and we are just better for knowing you, Bridget, and better for hearing um, your take on this and for teaching us this. Thank you so much. I was so excited to talk to you about this. So um, I really hope everybody enjoyed this episode because I know I sure did. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace.